Remember the dawn of the pandemic, when our lives were filled with nonstop fear and uncertainty? But amidst all the terror and loss, many of us might remember the joy that came from the little web show, Some Good News, produced by John Krasinski. We know it's rough out there, but we could all use some good news of our own from time to time. And that's why the GLG is looking to connect with our listenership by passing the mic to members of our PLN who, even now, are finding ongoing joy in their work. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Grounded Learners Guild, the podcast that gets real about education, authentic leadership, and the transcendent power of being a part of a highly functioning team. Here are your hosts, Casey Veach, Emily Coakland, and me, Jenny Labrie. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Talk Nerdy to Me. We are really excited to welcome another guest to help us spread some positivity around and talk to people about what they're nerding out about and what keeps them excited and happy in the world of education today. And really, it's our intention with this episode to fill what can sometimes feel like a dark world, both in education and in life current events, just with some light, joy, positivity, and all that fun stuff by giving people a platform to share what makes them happy and brings them joy. We are so excited to bring to you one of our favorite people in the whole world. Casey likes to call her a starfish of a human. Yes. And <laughs> she is just an absolute joy. Speaking of joy, she's an absolute joy to work with. And so here we have you. Dana, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, y'all. I'm Dana Ladenberger. I am a fellow educator by trade and sketchnoter by night. <laughs> I'm here because these lovely ladies are a huge part of my world and what makes me happy and brings me joy and I'm excited to be here. We are so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I feel like I've made it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so nice of you to say. (laughs) So I'll be kicking us off and if everybody recalls we're running a similar format that we did in our last episode. So you're going to hear some similar questions but the beautiful thing is we all come with different perspectives. So Dana our first question is complete this stem. To me joy is. So I think of joy and I'm going to say a word And I think we all have different connotations to it because it's even a word for education, but I equate it to flow, but more in that sense of it's like synergy and flow. It's not one thing that makes me have joy. It's the feeling of whatever is going on. And I just kind of feel like you're, it's like buzzing and you just kind of flow through it. I love that definition because it's something that I also can relate to when I'm experiencing or doing something that just makes me happy, that lights me up. It feels like time goes by in that instant. I could spend all day doing that thing and it never feels like work. So I love Absolutely. That the time flies. You have no idea what just happened even sometimes. Mm-hmm. One of the times that I feel absolute flow is what I'm sketchnoting or some would even call it graphic recording especially when you're doing it with a live presenter or listening to I don't know a podcast or something (laughs) and just kind of taking in and making a visual representation of what I am taking in that's when I experience some flow 
All right. So keeping this definition of flow equals joy and that your sketch noting and visual recording is what brings you there. What are some of the things you did or how did you go about gaining your knowledge and skills in this area? You want me to go way back? Go way yes. back. Yeah. Dig have, deep. Okay. We if I could that one. turn back time. <laughs> yes. Oh, she's go, singing Dana. again. <laughs> Bonus points for Sorry. getting Casey to sing. Yes. <laughs> I win. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking like nine, ten years ago. Billy Spicer. I'm just going to shake my head because if he's listening to this one, he's just going to laugh out loud. But <laughs> Billy Spicer and I were co-teaching and we had a fifth grade classroom and he knew, he always called me an artsy fartsy chick. And I clearly was in charge of the anchor charts in the room, just saying. He brought an article about Google actually being that, you know, Google is Google. They hired somebody to just draw their meetings in their innovation space. And this was 10-ish years ago. And I read the article and then it immediately made me like, just be intrigued and see what's going on there. And when I dug in a little deeper, I learned more about graphic recording. It's been around in the business world a whole lot for, like I said, the innovation meetings or anytime you're on a project-based journey within your corporation, your business, it is a way to record and show and visualize your process from where you started to where you finished. But then I got a little crazy and I'm like, how do I bring this into the classroom? I know I'm an artsy fartsy chick, but everything I was reading was more about the, we don't think in texts. We don't have that like Star Wars scroll, you know, like we don't think in that way. So everybody thinks visually, whether or not you're an artsy person. And I started... I have like this anchor chart. It's like archaic and it's in my office still You now. showed it to me. <laughs> Speaking of flow, it, I did it in 20 minutes before the bell rang, before kids even got in and we cranked it out that day during science class. We just tried it and it was all about, we've been teaching them like how to grab the big ideas when you're reading or when you're listening, but make them work for you. It's not just note taking like, and you have to do this outline or whatever, but add an icon or add a highlight here or whatever. So then I became Dana obsessed and found out that Mike Rohde, who wrote the sketchnote handbook, coins himself as the man of sketchnoting and he has several books. But I found out the week after we got out of school that he was going to be in Chicago doing a workshop. <laughs> and Serendipity. <laughs> yeah. He's from Milwaukee. My husband, my birthday present that year was sending me to sketchnote workshop in Chicago and if you guys know Dana and I'm talking flow here right I'm going back to joy because I don't do much uncomfy situations unknown situations Mm -hmm. like go drive yourself to Chicago by yourself and walk into a building full of people you don't know and then go sit and talk and draw with them it clearly was just part of my flow it was a joyful thing so I went there it was a two and a half day I stayed there overnight two nights by myself and hung out with Mike Rohde and like 10 other people, one including Wendy Pillars, who left that workshop and wrote her own book about sketchnoting in the classroom. And fast forward to getting into ed camps and I started practicing everything. When I was teaching, when I was reading, I did my grocery list just to see how adding some images, but not even a drawing, not a sketch even. I call them icons for a reason because they're quick, they're simple, and they can assign your thinking to something on the paper. I just dove in. I used to do like Edutopia articles at night, just one a day, just so I was reading for myself, but drawing for myself, it became a whole thing. And then I went to an ed camp. Ben Hartman asked me to sketch note live the ed camp launch. So if you've ever been to ed camp where they like 
proposed the ideas and I was mm-hmm. up there on this giant chalkboard with butcher paper taped to it and he just wanted me to sketch note what ideas were being thrown out at the ed camp and I was just like and here I am any chance I get I really really want everybody to try it just because of the brain work that goes into it it's not about your art and your beautiful process that has to be like frame worthy at the end it's more about what do you get out of it when you are taking notes in this way yeah and so for anybody that's out there listening At one point, we all worked together at the same time. And would you guys say that Dana has been our sketch note guru that has taught Mm -hmm. us everything we know? I know she, (laughs) listeners can't see this, but she's shaking her head super humble. She's the one who's taught us everything. But especially as you're talking about the cognitive work, could you talk more to that end and what that does, not only for you as an individual and the people on the screen, but also for students in the classroom? So if you really want to get nerdy, there's the one fact that I have absolutely memorize that I throw out there for everybody. 65% more retained and understood if there is a visual tied to any piece of text that you are reading or learning or anything you are listening to. So think about that too, right? In an educational world, and I'm elementary, so like science books, social studies books, even some picture books. There's reasons why there are photos with captions, depending on what you're reading. There's diagrams. There's reasons for those things. But imagine the power of if you are listening to your brain enough to come up with the image to put with the text. It totally changes your learning because it's that metacognitive pull, right? Where you're taking in information so much that you have to see what's going on in your I'm pointing to my forehead by the way Um, (laughs) so you can see what's going on in your head to be able to capture that even if it's a circle and you know in your brain that if I put a circle around something that means it's important or a check mark or a star all of us have put stars next to things that's kind of a sketch note it's like showing you that there's an importance or there's a reason for categorizing or a hierarchical thing. Even those people that really like their Cornell notes or their outlines or any note taking that I know I was, it was ingrained in my head, you can still add an icon next to it and you'd be amazed what you actually remember. I would tell people all the time, you don't ever have to like memorize your grocery list, but do me a favor, do your grocery list and do a couple of icons and tell me which ones you remember first when you walk into that store. It's a good challenge. And it also gets you out of your head of like making some beautiful drawing. It's just about an icon. It's just a circle with a little stem for an apple. I don't know, something simple. I love that you're tapping into the agency piece. Typically, when we think of annotation as a strategy, mm-hmm. we often go to the Cornell notes or the outlines and those sorts of things. And you're providing students with a structure, mm-hmm. but sometimes that structure limits the amount of personalization and agency and meaning making mm-hmm. that really is going to help make that learning sticky and it sounds like that really is something that brings you a lot of joy not only in your own use of sketchnoting but sharing it with whoever mm-hmm. whenever you can it's bringing some empowerment back to the learner so they can make things that are meaningful and memorable to them so beyond that i think another thing that really struck me about what you were saying dana is that your history to this came about in a fifth grade classroom i almost want to say that louder like everybody in the back this started in fifth grade these aren't professional artists or professional sketchers like what you said it can just be really simple iconography to use to represent an idea and this is something that young kids can do i went into a kindergarten classroom and taught them sketch noting but by the way, kindergartners sketch note naturally. Naturally, they don't yeah. Have yeah. 
letters letters are symbols to them. I mean, to all of us, they actually are symbols. Yeah. But think about those alphabets that would go above the chalkboard, right? A yeah. has an icon next to it with an apple. Like, mm-hmm, B right. might have a ball or a banana. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, the best part of that first fifth grade class, too, was this one kid. Oh, he fought me so hard. And I never wanted to force it on anybody because note-taking should be for you. You all have your own style. You all have your own way that works for you. It's not even about the memory or the recall of sketch noting. It goes way deeper than just add an icon so you remember it better. It's about the, sounds so cheesy, but it's almost like you make a relationship with the thought when you do it. Yeah. When you assign oh, an that. image to what you were writing down, it provides it more purpose. But this one kid, he was fighting me tooth and nail and he's just like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't draw. And we would make like classroom library icons. I said, just, you don't have to make your own because sometimes that's really hard. You get stressed out and you can't come up with your own icon. And he, (laughs) on the last day of school, this is so cheesy. You guys, you got me. Sorry. (laughs) I still have it to this day, but he brought to me a sketch note of our year. And it was uh, Spice Burger because I was a Spicer. (laughs) I got a Burger. We were Spice Burgers. But he iconed out. The entire year, all around, with Spiceburg right in the middle. And I was like, dude, it was like a totally different kid. Like, he's just like, I'm bringing this to me. And I did see him in eighth grade later on. He's like, I made my social studies teacher be okay with it because they were trying to get us in trouble at first. And I'm like, yes, go, yeah. go. Oh, <laughs> I love that. It's so beautiful. And I just wanted to repeat that one more time how you just said, It's not just about the recall, but it's also about the relationship that you make with that. And yes, it may sound corny for all intents, but we're in the field of education and how important it is when you have a relationship with something or someone, Mm -hmm. how much deeper the learning goes. Dana, when you're talking about this student, and I would even argue that especially the older you get the more likely you're going to hear people say, I'm not an artist, or I can't do that, Mm -hmm. or to say, absolutely not. And I would say that I fell into that category of people prior to meeting you. (laughs) And all of a sudden, being challenged and seeing what others could do. I mentioned it in just a few episodes back. And you are right, Dana, that 65% of what the research says about what you remember and what you can be able to do, I know exactly in my notes where I can go to find the information I need. When I'm searching text that I've written down, who knows where it is? It's all over the place. Mm -hmm. But when you synthesize it and put it in one place, your memory finds it so much more quickly and is able to locate Mm -hmm. and recall that information. That came once I was able to give up the fear of making it look perfect. And the more we encourage others to just get over that piece of it, the more people you're going to find doing a lot of this important note-taking Without it even just being the relationship, I think what it does is it makes you remember your why you wrote it down too. Like it's, mm-hmm. why did I write that down again? Why was that? Like, I think it helps synthesize it that way as well. How would you or could you cope if someone came to you and said, you can't sketch note anymore? Bring it. Like, how can you take that away from me? <laughs> like, it's mine. <laughs> but that's like for everybody though, because... I would get really frustrated with some of my fifth graders would go off to middle school and they would tell me that they weren't allowed to sketch note because their notes were being collected. But I just honestly, in a life skills such as note taking that I'm still doing to this day, I don't know many other professions that are not still note taking during meetings, during whatever. 
they're for you. They don't have to be a pretty picture. They don't have to be framed. It's all about like what you're taking for yourself to be able to bring to your next day. This is going to be important for me to like better myself the next day. Like, I don't know that I can answer that question, Casey, because I don't think you can. Like, I don't think anybody can take it away. I think honestly, it's a stake in the ground in the sense that, I mean, you just told us that you would sketch note your grocery list, you (laughs) know? So nerd alert. (laughs) But that to me, it's something that's intrinsic to you. It's part of who you are. That is what we'll get to this next question here in a second. But that is what makes you such an amazing advocate for this practice because it is intertwined with who you are. (laughs) And before we move on into that next question, I feel the urge to even say as somebody who works with Dana closely and is in multiple meetings with her over the course of any given day, let alone week, the moments that Dana's like, give me a pen, give me a marker, give me a piece of paper. Like she's (laughs) constantly needing that piece to process. And then she shares that with so many people She's able to put down all of our thoughts and makes the team stronger as a result because she's synthesizing so much thought and so much brain power into this awesome visual. So since our toes keep creeping closer and closer over and back from this question anyways, might as well just throw this one out there then. You've touched on it lightly, but go into it with a little more depth for us on how you have made this a routine and regular part of your work. And I would maybe even say in your day-to-day. So... I don't even know if it's a routine anymore, but it is every meeting I'm in, anytime you're jotting down notes, any arrow that you collect, it's just part of my everyday. And I go to blogs and places that I like to learn from, or even podcasts. Typically, I'm doing a lot of podcasts with my car. I do not advise sketchnoting while driving. (laughs) (laughs) Sketchnote and drive. But anytime I'm doing something for me, it's just anytime I'm trying to learn something, read something, do something, I'm taking notes. And whenever I take notes, I have like a few key icons that I didn't even know that I used all the time, even probably before I even knew what sketchnoting was, that they assigned certain categories to me. I also bullet journal a Mm. whole lot. And if you want to go down that wormhole have fun and let me come with you. We'll come back here on this little platform. For those people that are list makers and type A, it's like the perfect harmony between sketchnoting and people like not wanting to like get artsy. Bullet journaling is like the new way of list making, but you transfer over and you synthesize lists and you track habits, you do all the things and you can make it artsy if you want too. That's another way that I keep a practice going because that's an every night before I go to bed kind of thing. That was actually a learning curve for me because I wanted to make it beautiful and perfect and be a total hypocrite of what I say to everybody else that I talk to about sketchnoting. Because if you look on like Pinterest or Google it, like you just see so many people that make these like insanely beautiful, it's almost like therapeutic, I would Mm -hmm. think, that they're there for an hour and a half and I just don't have that time. I track water, I track steps, I track gratitude at the end of the day and like any kind of things that I want to make sure I remember to do the next day. It's just a one page per night kind of thing. I'm not in that world yet, but from the executive functioning corner of the room here, I'm saying (laughs) not just for the type A folks, that could be really helpful for those of us that really struggle with that stuff too. Mm -hmm. I can speak from experience that sketchnoting too, that ability to synthesize and remember why you were thinking what you were thinking and the pictures connect the ideas a little bit more 
clearly and it's to the point now where I can sometimes say some of the key points of a session verbatim months after they happen just looking back at what I drew I couldn't do that if I was writing notes my notes would always devolve to like they would get worse it forces you to like find the priority of what matters to you too yes yes with my students it was always like they felt like they had to get everything down and I said just trust yourself like if you let that go and you just stick to whatever actually pops out at you and you draw that then that's what's sticking with you and there's nothing wrong with what sticks with you is different than what sticks with you or you or you so you bring up a good point because when we listen to similar sessions at a conference for example and the four of us are sketch noting it's awesome to compare all four of those sketch notes and their similarities you can see they all came from the same experience yet our takeaways are so very different you make a really awesome point there yeah. Please tell me we're not really comparing because there's no ballpark. <laughs> oh gosh, no. Stop it. <laughs> That's a bad word choice. Jenny. Stop it. <laughs> but I was just going to say too, Dana, one thing I've always noticed about your use of routine sketchnoting is you always have a notebook and it's the gorgeous drawing pad with the fun spiral at the top and you always have your black flare pens and a couple of little oh, colors. Yes. Like having those tools always at your disposal allows you to make it a consistent part of your routine. Absolutely. That being said, tell our listeners what mediums you use and which ones you prefer and when. Okay. So just about a year ago, you would have gotten me and be like, I need paper and pencil. No, not even pencil. I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. No pencil. Edit I out. literally did not <laughs> let my students know. No, they need to hear this. I didn't yeah. even let my students use a pencil because I needed them to not get in their heads and think that they can erase and make it a whole art project thing, right? So it was always, I didn't use notebooks with lined paper. I used a sketch pad. I got myself a new sketch pad every school year, plain white paper and black flare pens. And then I always had literally one or two highlighters at the time. When I first was starting, it was not fancy, nothing fancy, except I think the flare pens were the most expensive part of it was flare pens. But hello, elementary teacher, flare pens. (laughs) Now, though, you would see me so actually proud of myself. I am mostly digital, and I use a couple different apps on the iPad. Apple Pencil is my friend. There are many other styluses, though, but I've just been lucky enough to have an Apple Pencil for quite some time, and it's been a game changer for me. Me um, too. And, to your, <laughs> and yeah. to your point, Jenny, I know the most applicable app that I have with students is Notability. It's pretty easy to draw on. You can change your pencil size. You can change the colors pretty easily, and you can also bring in images, and Notability is just a great app for students. Even the Notepad app on the iPad. But my all-time favorite, like, if you're going to spoil yourself, is the Procreate app. Mm. It's just an artist art app. It's my jam. Mm -hmm. It's really awesome seeing her at work, isn't it, guys? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Brings everybody joy. (laughs) Rounding this out with our technically last question. Yes, we, of course, have a game because it wouldn't be an episode without one. But this next question about how do you share this joy with others? So we've talked about the joy that you've brought to this guild with what you know about sketchnoting, but what else would you share with our listenership? Okay, so I have shared with students across the district. I'm actually even going into third grade classrooms coming up here soon in my district into the library space. I share on Twitter, I share on Instagram, but if I were to say anything to people that want to get started, it would be start simple, realize that icons are a thing for a reason because they're easily produced quickly, 
start picking some words. When I would do it with students, I would introduce it and I would just tell them, you have 10 seconds to draw this. And it would be a donut, a camera, a house, just something really simple. And then you would drive home that all icons are basically made up of the same similar shapes. We're all gonna draw how, if we have 10 seconds, we're not gonna get into the details. You might, bonus, have a chimney on top if you have some time, right? <laughs> but most of the time it's gonna be a triangle with a square or a rectangle maybe, with a door and a window. Then I would lead people into, okay, now do an idea. Idea is like either I get two things. I get, what do you think? The thought bubble and the thought light bubble. Bulb. And a light bulb. The light bulb was the majority. It would be a perfect time because there'd be a couple kids that would be like, I have a thought bubble. I don't want to show that. But then the power is in that conversation. We're like, mm -hmm. that is absolutely yours. That's yours. That's awesome. And everybody here now has a different icon that they could use for an idea. But just to show that everybody's kind of thinking the same way and there's no right or wrong. And then you go into the words that you can't touch. So idea is the light bulb usually. And that's like your first word but then if you go into like conflict or love yeah. or it's not a tangible thing and make them come up with an icon for it then you're on your way that's the power right there so that's what i try and tell people when they're starting off too i've done a lot of workshops even like that wonder.me space where you can like talk to a whole virtual room and then these little icons just come and gravitate to your bubble i got to talk my experience there too i love sharing i love it Especially because this is such an auditory experience in this episode, and we're talking a lot about visual graphics. If you haven't or you don't know Dana Lottenberger, we want to encourage people listening right now to look up her work and what she does. And so, Dana, how can they find you? Twitter, it's just D. Lottenberger. And on Instagram, it's Dana Lottenberger, all one word. Thank you. Check her out, folks. It's a treat. So nice of you. Thank you. Do you have time for a couple of other little fun personal questions? Sure. So what is the moment that others might find boring but <laughs> fills you up? Sort of oh like gosh. a guilty pleasure. And I can't use bullet journaling, huh? Hang on. Because list making is my like, mm. my husband makes fun of me for the list that I make of my lists. Candy Crush. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I go on like these rampant weird, I need it and I love it and it's so satisfying for like two weeks and then I don't touch it for another three months, but it's so boring. It's not okay what I do with my brain <laughs> in that time. <laughs> love it. And then I mean, what are you deeply grateful for right now? Because you practice your gratitude every night when you bullet journal. I do. I'm thinking about that word deep because the, I'm going to try and articulate this. I am deeply grateful for, wait for it, reflection. No, wait for me though. Wait for it. So reflection has become this thing for me because I don't think I was very good at it before. When thinking about this, I know I can go to people. I go straight to my family. I go close to my circle. My friends would call it. I have various circles, right? But I think all of the people still bring me back to this idea of reflection because they shape my reflection constantly and mm -hmm. I literally think about reflecting like I think about reflecting <laughs> every single day not even just for my gratitude journal or anything but like I'm a reflection junkie and it has 
given me so much almost pride in myself because I used to just not reflect. I would get myself into this mess of like, I'm the worst. I have other things to, that I should be doing better, blah, 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 blah. But reflection has allowed me to actually see the good a lot more. And because of that, then I'm able to be grateful for the other people that are in my life that are pushing me or making me better or giving me the good days or making it in my gratitude journal. So it's really deep and weird, but it's the act of reflection that I'm truly, truly grateful for. I don't think it's weird. I think you've just <laughs> provided our listeners with a great tool, great suggestion for how they can bring more gratitude into their life through that process of reflection. Mm-hmm. And you let's know, not so. forget to point out a newly coined GLG hashtag reflection junkie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's part of the new t-shirt line in addition to the Rage Coaching LLC. Yes. Rage yeah, we're, we're coming up with a merch. <laughs> and reflection <Yes>. junkie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm obviously really excited for game time because like five minutes ago, I was like, game time. So let's just roll into this and play some games. Looks like our first game here is just a simple Q&A. This one's a fact or fiction question. Fact or fiction. We all have to answer. Art was an Olympic event. I know the answer, so I will bow out. Casey bows out. <laughs> I don't know Fiction. the All right, why? I feel as though art was maybe used to record the Olympics, not be an Olympic event. Hmm. I would also say fiction. And we don't wanna, yeah. How do you gold medal? <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go fact just to be an outlier, and I'm just going to say those ancient Greeks made a big deal about a lot of different parts of their culture. <laughs> I'm going to get the Greeks mad at me. I'm married to one, so let's roll. Um, all right. Yeah. Y'all ready? Fact. So it is a fact. Booyah! <laughs> um, but it wasn't even ancient Greek oh, Olympic dang. Games. <laughs> okay. Um, the founder oh, of the there. modern Olympic Games, Baron Pierre de Coubertin, was completely in love with all types of not only sport, but also art because there's the craft, there's the practice of it, right? So from 1912 to 1948, medals were given out for sporting inspired masterpieces of architecture, music, painting, sculpture, Stop and literature. Right now. They got to bring it back. Stop it. Two things. <laughs> One, I owe the ancient Greeks an apology. So <laughs> <laughs> Two, let's bring that back and get a sketch noting yes. event in here. Ladenberger's going yep. to the Olympics. Let's do it. <laughs> so, so definitely check out smithsonian.com. Cool. But it had to be related to sports. So the art had to have the sport connection. Interesting. Yes. All right. So, so in our point own- for Emily, but Ooh, only yeah. a half a point because you got it half right because it was an ancient. <laughs> <laughs> so even though I apologize to the ancient Greeks, we're still going to dock me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's how this rolls. Yes. I guess we should ask our games are, right? Broke. Or does she officially take on her games are duties now? She gets mm. half a point because I'm mad that I didn't get it right. <laughs> fair. Games ours don't have to play fair all the time. <laughs> so our next game, for any elementary teachers out there, this may be something you use with your students as a bell ringer or as a welcome to class morning meeting activity. And if you um, don't yet, you should. You should. And it yes. doesn't have to be elementary, yeah. as we nope. can see right Very here. Very true. 
but it might be more familiar to elementary yep, folks. Absolutely. So the activity is called a squiggle story. And you provide someone with a squiggle. I know this was podcasting. So we'll be posting the original squiggles and some artwork for you all on our website, thegroundedlearnersguild.com for you to see. But we're going to do a squiggle story activity. So everybody here has seen our squiggle. And the challenge is to make that squiggle into a drawing and tell a little story about that drawing using that initial squiggle as inspiration. And as our resident sketch note aficionado, Dana will be the game czar. So it is her job, heavy is the head that wears the crown, her job to determine which of these squiggles and stories is more entertaining. This is pressure. Tell me about it. I will go first because I took the least amount of time making my squiggle. <laughs> Sketch note Olympic trials commence. Yes. Let's go. So, <laughs> as I said, for our listeners, we will all be sharing pictures of this artwork on our website. But here is my squiggle, ladies. So this is Mickey and his magic <laughs> mullet. <laughs> So for our listeners, we've got kind of a long curly back, a big spiky front, and it's a stick figure. And Mickey, his magical power is his mullet catches all of people's negativity that they shout at him. And so he's just able to live his life full joy on full blast because of his magic mullet. All right, game on, Emily game and Jenny. On. And All right. can we just give Emily bonus points one for connecting it to the Olympics? And Dana, you're going to have to give out a gold, silver, and bronze on this. I'm just oh, going to say. Okay. All right. And Casey, applause to you because that was fun. Mickey and his magic mullet. Gauntlet yep. thrown. All right. Yep. Oh, gosh. All right, who's next? All right, I'll go second. So we're about to get a nice slice of my nonlinear thinking because. <laughs> The squiggle, I couldn't do anything with it right side up, but upside down, I realized that it looked like an octopus. So this is Cephalopodcast Mom. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And I don't know if you see what all she's got going on, but she's trying to cook. She's working out. She's on her phone. She's grading a paper. She is preparing a lesson for the... Upcoming day. Is she holding her kid? Oh, yeah. That's a cephalopodlet. <laughs> They're causing trouble, and she's helping. Doing some laundry, drinking some coffee. This is kind of what my life feels like all the time. Oh, my God. Her <laughs> cephalopodlet? Is that what you said? Yes, I did. <laughs> so good. So, so that's oh. all I drew, and it just feels oh, like a reflection of my life no. right now. <laughs> Oh, so oh my gosh. All right. I have a lot to follow that up. No I, I don't think Jenny. I can. Both of those are so good. <laughs> my story oh my comes gosh. from, as you guys would probably remember, years ago, you used to tell me that there was an animal that mm-hmm. I reminded you of. Mm-hmm. Maybe Casey, do you remember this? So going Your off. Cat? Yes. It's so Casey. Oh, what? So Casey, with your... Wow, what was it? Your magical mullet, Mike? With all the Mickey Mickey. and his magical mullet. (laughs) So I was going off of some alliteration as well, and this is my meerkat's mustache. (laughs) 
Oh my god! <laughs> it looks like the Disney meerkat. He's so cute. It totally does. It's like Simone with really long handlebar mustache. <laughs> <laughs> But my story is not nearly as strong as both of yours. So there we go. I love it. And please tell me the story needs to be about how the meerkat's mustache keeps getting caught in car doors or something. (laughs) Well, and they're always so alert and they're upright. And so it does get caught in everything because they're up and around. Um, Dana, I think you got a children's story right there that you need to do artwork for. Like... (laughs) I'm sold. Let's do this. You guys, I can't give medals to that. How do you compete? How do you... How? We're all qualifiers for Team USA. What? (laughs) Mustache and a mullet. You are all qualifiers, for sure. For the Sketch Note Olympics, right? Yes. You guys, I think you just made some learning mascots, too. Ah. (laughs) You Um, have to pick Casey. The series of Mickey the Mullet. That's <laughs> that's gonna have to be Mickey and his magic mullet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have to. No hard feelings. Feel. Again, mm-hmm. most entertaining. Which made you laugh the most? Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to go. Emily Gold. <laughs> yeah. Casey Silver. <laughs> I'm sorry, Timon. <laughs> no hard although you still qualified your mustache is in bronze <laughs> nice nice oh this is so awesome dana thank you so much oh gosh, and i will gladly you. accept my silver and fully support the gold medal podium that is i'm Emily. cephalopodlet you couldn't <laughs> i'm taking that cephalopodlet you had me a cephalopodlet there was a whisk <laughs> a whisk there was she's cooking <laughs> i saw a whisk there's oh. a whisk boom oh, all right listeners, you'll have to check us out on all the socials we'll and our website so you can see all of these these were great thank you so much you guys this was amazing Absolute we are so pleasure. honored to have you this was awesome and that's it for this episode of the grounded learners guild Many thanks to you for choosing to engage with our guild's content as we passionately continue to advocate for adult learners with transparent conversations about the world of education, impactful leadership, and the power of high-functioning teaming. If you'd like to connect with the guild, the power of the PLN continues. You can find us on our website, thegroundedlearnersguild.com, and on Twitter, at GroundedLGuild, at CVeacher, at TechCoachM, and at Jenny Labrie using the hashtag GLGPodChat. Feedback is a powerful tool that allows us to be responsive to the topics that matter to you most. If you haven't yet already, or if you're finding us for the first time, how about leaving us a review? It helps us to improve our work, allows us to bring you quality and customized content, and assists others in finding our guild as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream. Thanks again for joining us. Casey, Emily, and me, Jenny, in today's episode of the Grounded Learners Guild. See you at the next Guild meeting. And in the meantime, do your best to stay grounded. Grounded.